what triggered this bizarre behavior. Journey into the cold heart of northern darkness with Nordic crimes. That case uh, became like a scene from a horror movie. A new true crime documentary series that chilled the bone. The hunger for killing is increasing in the course of these homicides. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Nordic Crimes is a part of the Acast family. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning. Hello there. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Good. It seems like forever since I've talked to you. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while indeed. How's things going? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, I've got a lot going on right now. Hello, and welcome back to One Minute Remaining. My name is Jack Lawrence, the host and creator of this show. Today is a long overdue follow-up bonus episode with Doris Moore. The lady arrested, tried and convicted for the murder of Abraham Lee Shakespeare, a crime she's always maintained she's innocent of. Now, if you're yet to hear the Doris Moore story, well, you can head on back right now and binge the entire thing. At the beginning of this project, I said that I remain in contact with all the men and women that I speak with from inside the prisons across America. And with that, we would continue to stay across their cases, as some still have many appeals going through the court system. So Doris and I have remained in constant contact and have had a number of conversations regarding her upcoming evidentiary hearing over the past few months. So today, we'll hear about that and everything else that's been happening over the last few months. So before we jump into hearing about Doris and what's happening, let's do a really quick recap of the Doris Moore story. Abraham Lee Shakespeare was a casual labourer from Florida who won a $30 million jackpot in the lottery taking the lump sum payment of $17 million in 2006. I really would like my old life back where I could walk the streets like a normal person, but got people coming up asking for money. In 2009, he was declared missing by his family. And by January of 2010, he was found buried under a concrete slab at the back of an acquaintance's property, Doris Moore. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office says the human remains found yesterday do belong to the missing lotto winner, Abraham Shakespeare. Big break in the case came earlier this week when a tipster told them to check out a home off East State Road 60 in Hillsborough County. A lady who says she first met Abraham when she decided to write a book about him. After a rather crude undercover operation conducted by detectives using a barbershop owner and a former so-called friend of Abraham's, Greg Smith, detectives would build a case against Derice. And after uncovering Abraham's body, Derice Moore was placed under arrest and charged with his murder. As we know, Derice has always claimed she's innocent of this crime. And during the course of my discussions with her, 
she would send me undercover recordings that she made, audio which she says proves there was much more to the Abraham Lee Shakespeare story, and he'd gotten himself into bed with drug dealers, loaning them his money so that his former partner could not take it as child support, as well as keeping it away from a former work colleague who was trying to sue him for some of the winnings. Now, I, of course, watched and listened to these recordings, and it certainly seems to me that there was definitely more going on behind the scenes with this story. Doris would claim to detectives that there were drug dealers pulling the strings and threatening her life, as well as the life of her family. Detectives dismiss these claims as a fantasy story made up by Doris. After a very public jury trial involving a number of witnesses against Doris, such as Abraham's former partner, Sintora, and of course, Greg Smith, Doris was found guilty and sentenced to life. All right, tonight, the end of a story we've been covering for months. Dee Dee Moore will spend the rest of her life in prison. Tonight, after just three hours of deliberation, a jury handed down their verdict. Moore is guilty of killing Abraham Shakespeare to get and keep his lottery winnings. Since his conviction, a number of documentaries have been made of this story to which you will always see Mr Greg Smith front and centre, ready to tell the story of how he caught Dee Dee Moore. One thing that I wasn't aware of until a recent call with Doris regarding Greg Smith was that it would seem that some of the jury made complaints about him to the judge during the trial. The main question I'm interested in is when the jury got stalked out to their car by Greg... Um, and they said they felt okay to still go on, but, you know, in the back of my mind, I don't even think I would have been felt comfortable still going on and testifying, you know what I mean, and, and being part of the trial. So what did he do? Um, when they got done for the day, he walks out to the car and watches them all the way to the car, like follows them out to their car. And they felt so uncomfortable, they told the judge about it the next day. Um, and so the judge said, um, after that, the judge said, well, from now on, we'll have the sheriff's department um, walk you out to the car. But they asked him if they were okay to judge fairly or did they feel intimidated by him stalking him to the car. And they said that they would be able to judge fairly. The only problem is, is I still don't feel they would have felt that way. Upon doing some looking around online after Doris told me this information, it would in fact appear this is true. In fact, an article published by the Daily Mail in December of 2012 with the headline that reads, Judge orders security guards for jurors at the Florida lottery killing trial after they are intimidated by victims, family and friends. The article states, Jurors in the trial of a woman accused of killing a lottery winner will get a security escort after claiming the victim's family and a witness were making them feel uncomfortable. Two jurors said witness Greg Smith, a friend of Mr Shakespeare's, had intimidated them in the parking lot after court on Friday. A third juror said other members of the gallery had made her concerned for her safety. In court on Monday, Judge Emmett Battles asked a juror whether feeling threatened by the witness and Mr Shakespeare's friends and family would affect her ability to be fair and impartial in the case. She responds, No, I just want to feel safe. Now, it is also important to point out that in this article, it does also state the judge gave many warnings to Doris herself for apparent facial expressions that she was making at some jurors. So coming up, in fact, in a couple of months' time, Doris will have the chance to get back into court with her evidentiary hearing. And it would seem she won't be going into this with a public defender. 
Okay, well, um, I'm so happy that I'm so excited that I do not have to leave my hands in the life of a public defender again. Um, my mom was really worried about that. She really didn't want me to be happen to depend on a public defender. Um, and I got very blessed. And I have now an attorney, but it's not just a regular attorney. I have a law firm that's one of the top ones in our country in the U.S. I have one of the top law firms um, that are wonderful. They're excellent. It's O'Brien, Hatfield, and Reese. Um, the actual lawyer I have in the firm is Rachel Reese. She is very familiar with um, cases of innocence. She's worked actual innocent cases where the person, um, they've found evidence and proved the person that, you know, did not commit the crime and then got their cases overturned. So, it's, you know, it's not something she's new to, and she's very, very good at what she does. So I'm in very good hands as far as her knowing what she's doing and that she's going to do a wonderful job. And not only that, a TikTok superstar as well. Yes, actually, yes, she is. Um, you can see her on TikTok. She's wonderful, and she's got a lot of followers. Now, this is funny because long before Doris messaged me to let me know she had secured herself an attorney, in fact, this particular attorney, I had been following Rachel Reese on TikTok for some time. I was alerted to her profile by David Talley's son, and I've been trying to get her on the show for a while. Amassing a following of over 800,000 followers on TikTok, it seems quite fitting that she would be the lady to go into battle for Doris Moore. For once, and this happens not as often as it should, the system worked and we won. And my client is going home today. After 21 years of being in prison um, on a 30 year sentence, so he still had a significant amount of time left, the judge ordered for him to be immediately released. Welcome to life in 2023, everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your lawyer's on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> um, the good thing I like about this <laughs> is that, you know, a lot of law firms will put you on hold. So she has always been good. They have a great team there. There's a lady that works for her named Kirsten. And she picks up the phone and will talk to you. And it's that's wonderful to have that kind of report to say, hey, I have a problem. Did you know this or that? And the word gets through. And I don't know if, uh, I think Rachel has a photographic memory <laughs> because everybody that I've talked to that's had her on their case says she just goes in the courtroom and commands the entire courtroom. And she knows the case from back to front. She's just like, boom, boom, boom. And whatever it is, she's just like a robot when she's in that zone of her. Um, now, before we were going to have a public defender, which we know is not uh, the best option for, for you most of the time. So do you mind me asking how you managed to afford an attorney? Well, um, I actually um, got blessed with a friend of mine paying for it. Um, I had three options. I had three friends willing to pay for me an attorney. Um, and... The one that I, I felt, I don't like to depend on anybody. I don't. And I was really worried um, because I felt like I was going to have to sell my soul <laughs> to mm. get me an attorney. I hate to say it that way, but it's like everybody, it, you know, they don't expect things for free. It's, you know, you feel like you're obligated. And, and I definitely would pay somebody back 10 times full. Um, I, 
It's just that this person, um, I wasn't even expecting them to pay for all of it. They, I was thinking they were going to pay half. And when I found out they paid the whole thing, I was, there's not even a word for it. No, that's incredible. Um, she doesn't know this. She's not expecting, yeah, and she's not expecting anything in return, but you don't know what it means to me because, like, normally you would be in a situation where you felt um, obligated and um, owned by this person. It, this type of friend is not that way. She did it from her heart because she knows why I'm innocent and she wants me out of here. And then I had two backups, other people that offered. Um, one, actually, <laughs> it's funny because one of them that offered, I have so many people in um, the sheriff's department, in the in other departments that I know out there that were willing to help me, and which is crazy. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, I in the past I had dated a Hillsborough County Sheriff's Officer before I got married. I was married 16 years. I'm divorced now, but I was married 16 years. And so before him, I had dated Hillsborough County um, Sheriff's Officer. And I had friends that I've known. I mean, I grew up around officers and everything. So they know my personality. They know I'm not this type of person. And people that know me. You know, so it was crazy that people were getting word to me that they would be there to help me if I needed it because they didn't believe I did any of this and they wanted to be there to help myself. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So as stated, Doris has managed to get herself back into court with a new evidentiary hearing, with two rather major pieces of evidence that seem to have been overlooked the first time. Most importantly, I would suggest, is DNA evidence that was found at the crime scene. It was tested and found that it belonged to that of a non-Caucasian male. Now, as far as I'm aware, no further investigation was done on this DNA. So this is why this is being taken to this new evidentiary hearing. Of course, Doris Moore's DNA was not found at the crime scene. This DNA was. It does not belong to Abraham Lee Shakespeare and of course does not belong to Doris Moore. So whose 
is it? So it's great that Thank you've now you got this this paid attorney, yeah. and she's uh, she's a force to be reckoned with by uh, by all accounts. So that's great. So what has she said to you? Obviously, we've got this evidentiary hearing yeah. coming up. What's the latest with that? Um, well, we don't even know if I'll make it to evidentiary hearing because I have so much evidence that proves my innocence that um, we feel like the state's going to do the right thing um, and go ahead and review it as an innocent case and completely go ahead and dismiss my charges. So we're hoping that we can get that done beforehand. If not, you know, we have everything and we're going to have everything prepared for to actually have the hearing. But it all depends on, you know, the system, of course. Yeah. So, But everything looks good for my case. You can't deny the videos. They speak for themselves. It proves the videos prove that everything they said in court was not true. But like I said, the prosecutor couldn't have known about the videos because that would be prosecutorial misconduct. And um, he wouldn't have allowed the detectives to get on the stand and lie or the other people to lie if he knew about the videos. So now that he will know about the videos because she's going to point them out to him and let him listen to them, then he will know that everything that they put as a story was all made up. And so they'll see that for themselves. Let's focus on this for a second. So the, the prosecutor, we're saying, didn't know about those tapes at the trial. Now, I'm sure we've discussed this before, but I, and I know you've said to me in the past that you didn't have all the tapes, you couldn't find them. So who knew about the tapes right. um, during your actual trial? My attorney knew that we were looking for them. He actually tried to find them and he couldn't find them. So, I, you know, I told him what was on the tapes and all, and we looked for them. He actually one time had one of his detectives that was working as an investigator me bring it, the computer itself to the jail, and I met them in the meeting room, and we tried to look for them, and we couldn't find them all um, on the system that they had, on the stuff that they had. How I actually found them was I kept requesting and requesting my DVDs, all the ones that were in Discovery. They were 97 DVDs. And I kept requesting them from my old attorney. He sent them to me so that I could go ahead and prepare for my post-conviction. And so when I was preparing for my post-conviction and reviewing all the evidence, I happened to find the videos, and some of them were under other videos. So, like, a family home video would play, and those videos were put at the end. Now, the question is, and we have, is who transferred them over that way? Did the player accidentally transfer for them when they consolidated them, and they just moved over to the player that way? Or did they, you know, compress them all under the files? And that's something we're going to be looking at as well. Okay, so just so I understand, so we so we got this clear. So you had these DVDs in Discovery. So were these DVDs? They had all these DVDs taken from your home when you were arrested. Like, how? Where did the DVDs come from? And yes, right. So when you were arrested, yes. these were all taken uh, as evidence. I was, right, a bunch of stuff was taken, like players, Sony hand, handycams. And so what they did was they downloaded what was on my Sony handycam and on my different players and on my right. different recording devices all onto DVD. Okay, so when and you've been arrested, the police have gone to your place so and they've basically taken all of your uh, electronic equipment and downloaded all the videos that are on there for evidence purposes. Yes. I understand. Um, and so 
we could right, and we couldn't locate them. Yep. Um, when they had done this, they were, you know, definitely we couldn't locate them all. Okay, so, so when you were arrested, you said, "Hey, I've got this. I've got this all on video. I've got. I've recorded all of this." And they said, "Well, we can't find them. We've got all your gear, but we can't find it." And then, um, essentially, these DVDs sat there for ages. And then, until you finally got hold of them, and you went through every single one, and then you came across the videos that you were telling them that you had. Yes. So now I have them, and some of them are going to allow to be played because they're actually of Abraham talking himself. And the ones with Abraham talking can prove that they definitely lied under oath, the people that testified. And the question now is, is why did they lie? Um, And that's the biggest question is, if you had nothing to do with his murder and you had nothing to do with any part of it, why would you want to lie to convict me? Why not just tell the truth of what you do know? Instead... Every question they ask you that was pertinent to discovering what really happened to Abraham, you lied about. They knew I had bought that home. They knew that Abraham was doing this on purpose, but then they manipulated the facts. Why? And that's going to be the next question for them, because it's not small little lies they told. They're huge and they're provable. Mm. So your attorney, Rachel, she's turned around and said that she is quietly confident that this may not even get to the evidentiary stage once they see these tapes and these recordings and they hear this information that she she thinks that it may be a case of would you would you would there be a case if they need to do a retrial or does she think you would just be exonerated she didn't go into detail um because of the time but i am going to be talking to her again she didn't go into her her personal opinions and views on everything sure um this time with me because we had a uh, time lapse but as far as other attorneys I have talked to um, about my case and especially people that have worked on it and did investigations on it those people say there's no way if the law works like it's supposed to and the justice system is truly works like it's supposed to um, they should not hold me and they shouldn't want to hold me because everything they put on the sand and everything they used to convict me was not true. So they shouldn't want to if they want to do the right thing. So that's all up to the justice system. You can't turn around and manipulate a videotape. You have the videotape. You've already manipulated the story. You can't manipulate what Abraham says out of his own mouth. And everything they testified to, they denied knowing about it. But that's not, that wasn't the truth. And that wasn't what really was what was happening. I was never his financial advisor. I was never his caretaker. I paid his bills because he couldn't access his money. If you hear in the tape where Abraham is trying to figure out where his monies went to, we're wondering where his monies went to. He's investigating that because he thinks, you know, someone has taken it. So we're investigating trying to find out what has happened to it. But in the meantime, I'm having to pay his bills because he doesn't have the money to pay them. As we know, part of the recordings is a conversation in a car. Abraham is on the phone to the bank trying to work out what's happened to some of his money, stating to the lady on the phone that Doris has helped him out with some of the cash and that he will be paying her back. At the same time, there's a lady driving the car who's on the phone to someone else, explaining the situation that is happening. 
Have a listen. All he know that his money is being missing out of his account. Now I got to turn around every month and pay 1500 every month. And I didn't know I was a month behind, like a month behind. So even if I take $1,500 down now, I'm still a month behind. And she yeah, he found out yesterday. He 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 found it out, but but it's always he found. I didn't know that. Well, actually, okay. Two days ago, yesterday, the later, D, it's already taken care of. D, no, she ain't worrying about her money right now because believe me. I'm gonna pay her her money back. The minute I sell that damn house out there, let me say this: all I know, nothing. the man is on his ass, and I'm gonna leave it alone. It was just a coincidence. I feel like that too because it was a coincidence. Well, he needs we to come up with the bank, paperwork. Everything that he's with, um, got, anybody I can call. Okay, Abraham. What's her name? Abraham needs to. Right. And then she went in there. Uh, she went in there. Uh, huh? In your office. And call you. No. And then you turn uh, around. And okay, call so what? So what are you saying? The woman that walks up into nah. his life, he walked up. She walked up, and she's doing this for free. No, she's. Red he know the, he had to pay this woman back. You. But she's helping him. Greg. Well, something we don't do. All we're doing talking, is getting from it. We not you know, helping talking him. about what's going on. And we have plenty of witnesses to that. None of those witnesses stepped forward because my lawyer the public defender at the time felt like we didn't need that. I had the bank manager right there when Abraham asked and didn't know how he was going to make his house payment. So um, we have a lot of people that are going to be come forward. So even if they made a retrial, um, this lawyer's not going to tolerate any ignorance in the case. She's not going to tolerate any um, questioning of money. She's going to show the facts. My other lawyer felt like the money wasn't the issue and it wasn't a big deal and we didn't know to show all that where I could have proven in my regular trial all that was not true. They didn't even have all my bank statements at all. They didn't even have all my bank accounts and their person admitted to that. Yeah. He didn't feel like that was any of that was necessary. Now, in his defense, he had a different way he was trying to represent the case and he didn't feel like all that time would be exhausting and for the jury to listen to all that. Whereas I thought it was necessary because they lied and I could prove it just like they, you know, I told you about them showing my diamond rings on that one show. Mm. None of that was bought with Abraham's money. I had that for years before I even met the man. Stop allowing, you're allowing fictitious stories to come out there and using my stuff that I owned before I even met the man as, reasons why you think I did this. It, the story you told wasn't even true. From everything I've heard, as I said and seen, and I think, um, you know, it's fantastic that she's on side and that um, she's going to be the one taking over because, uh, yeah, it, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's positive, that's for sure. Well, I'm very confident in her abilities. I'm very confident that she's a very highly intelligent lawyer um, and she doesn't sugarcoat it. She's going to putting them on the stand and show prove that they lied. She's not going to sit there. A public defender gets paid by the state. 
so they don't want to make anybody look bad, especially detectives or any of that. I don't want to. There are so many good detectives out there. Don't get me wrong. We need the police. We can't defund the police by any means anybody listening. That We have to have law enforcement. We just need honest, justifiable, good law enforcement, and there are a lot of them. And then you have a couple of the bad ones. And like anything else in life, you have to weed those out. Um, and the one lie we do know they told is the fall guy lie. So did they inadvertently answer that and think, well, it's no big deal. It's not going to. But that is a big, huge point because you say that and that wasn't true. And it manipulates the entire story for the jury to believe. Now, what Doris is referring to here is the undercover recording that was made, which was her talking to an apparent fall guy who was an undercover officer who she was going to pay to take the rap for this crime. Have a listen. And then what do you want? 50 grand. Can I do it in payments? Because I don't have that kind of cash. I'm going to have to sell some. I'm going to need 10 up front. Once I, once I do this, mm-hmm. make sure my boy get the money. Okay. See, what I do is I get it and give it to his mom. Doris says that they made out that she was the one who approached Greg to find a fall guy for her, when in fact she says Greg came to her and told her that there was no way that she wasn't going to jail for this because he apparently says, you've been set up. And the only way she would get out of this was to pay a guy that he knew was already going to prison to take the rap for it. So that's not fair to me. Just do the right thing. Say what the facts were. If you thought I was guilty, that's fine. I have no problem with that, but say what the facts are. Don't try to change what the story was. Everybody knew I had paid him. Everybody knew what Abraham was doing. Just because you want to steal all of my assets, don't allow the system to fail. Yeah. And so, like I said, if the detective's the one that fed him all this, and then that was fed to the prosecutor, then that's not fair to them, you know? So I can't say that he knew. We won't know that until she gets to talking to him and find out, you know, did he ever review all those? Because there was a lot of tapes. I mean, 97 DVDs is a lot to listen to. It's hours upon hours upon hours of tape. And so I could see where all-consuming, he only listened to the targeted ones that were pertinent to the case to defend, you know, and prosecute against. So, yeah, oh, I just... Recount? We got recount, so oh, okay. I gotta go. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Will... I'll send you a message. Okay, bye. thank you for you. Ah, uh, yes, for once, not being wrapped up by the one minute remaining lady. So, from all accounts, of course, Doris is hopeful that this evidence will mean that she's able to be set free. As we know from my chat with our own lawman, Michael Leonard, he believes it would be more likely that this potentially could send her back to a trial. I myself will be attending Doris's evidentiary hearing so that I'm able to hear and see firsthand how this evidence is received and presented. And as soon as we get the verdict, we'll bring it straight to you. Now, if you have any more questions about this particular case or any other cases, we now have our one minute remaining hotline set up. You can call up and leave your question, comments or thoughts with us so that we can discuss it in a further episode. So check out the number which is in the show notes below. Give us a call and leave your question, comments and thoughts. One Minute Remaining is a Mash Pumpkin production. Hosted and produced by Jack Lawrence. Editing and sound design by Jack Lawrence and Dom Evans. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.